This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is my report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee, Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Laura Elizabeth as Lyric, and Tyler Hewitt as Alto. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band approached a local gang in the Duts and were forced into combat. Lyric is in the heart of it, Alto has proven to be a capable sniper, and Valentine is still finding his footing with his erstwhile allies. Can they survive this brawl and board the Astral Line? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. So you find yourselves locked in furious battle. Uh, Far outside uh, the dome, Lyric, that uh, has been your your home for as, as long as you've known. Um, but this, at least, is something you understand. Knuckles, face. Face that offended you. Knuckles. Um, yeah. So with the uh, silenced kind of um, blast of uh, Alto's... Um, Carbine uh, ripping a, a guy apart. Um, you draw your pistol and open fire at um, Ratface, uh, the mm-hmm. Nasher who you are currently standing off against. So go ahead and roll, please. Uh, you're at, at close range because he's he's within, <laughs> like I don't know, posturing distance. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's one purple. Okay. Um, he is ready for you, but I don't know that it matters. So I'm not going to give you any disadvantage, I don't think. Uh, it is. It was dark for Alto because he was far away, but because mm-hmm. you're close enough to the welding torch, I think the light is good enough and he's close enough that, like, it's like talking to someone, like, close to a campfire. It's still dark, but, like, you, you know where his frame of mass is. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you are good on that front. Um, so yeah, I think for me, it's honestly just the, the, the one purple. Um, keep in mind, you do still have five story points available to you. Okay. Um, uh, really depends how badly you want this motherfucker dead. Um, I mean, pretty badly, but... I mean, pretty badly. I kind of want to dead. Badly. dead. Um, sorry. I'm just like making sure I like understand what I'm doing here. Uh, <laughs> right. So this will be ranged light okay, and agility. Hit. Yes. I was just checking because I. Okay. So what I want to do is I want to trigger auto fire, which. Uh, is going to... You'll need to roll... Add uh, an additional purple. You add a purple and you will need, I think, two advantage for it to actually be able to auto-fire. Yeah, but I have to roll the purple first, right? 
Yeah, yes. you have to see if you succeed or fail, and you have to roll yep. the advantage. Because you don't have the advantage to yep. carry forward where you could guarantee it. Yeah. Okay, and then I will use one story point to upgrade uh, one of my greens. All right. Fuck yeah. Let's do this. Uh, four successes, one threat. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's a very cool roll. Okay. Um, so that's... Uh, Five, that would be total of nine damage. All right. Very cool. So nine damage. Some of that's eaten by soak. Um, okay. Uh, and one threat, you said, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. So um, you whip the pistol up um, and you just like just slug him point blank. Uh, and uh, you're, you're using what, like a needler? What's your, what kind of weapon are you? Uh, this is my auto pistol. Okay. All right, so just straight up. Uh, a little, Ryan, is, is that, chunky little pistol. Yeah, is it um, uh, ballistic munitions or laser? Uh, that's projectile. Yeah. So okay. auto gun, it's like a stub gun. Basically, if you picture oh, it's, it's like... It's, uh, yeah, yeah, I know that. Like it's like a, a Tech 9 kind of yeah. like pistol with extended clip can fire automatic. It's funny, uh, I mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but because I've only primarily played like Marines and Orcs, I know the giant version that a uh-huh. Space Marine carries, not the tiny version that a human could carry, got there eventually. Yeah, there's auto cannons, which yes, is the Space Marine Those are the ones version. I know. There's auto gun, which is your traditional like M6, and then there's auto pistol, which are like an Uzi. Gotcha. Which I'm like, pew, pew, or yeah. So, um, and for the record, I think uh, the the sound effects you used are absolutely correct. Um, we're always going to assume that when you're on auto fire, it is auto firing. We're just talking about like the. Do you hit ag- multiple targets? Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or okay. is it the kind of thing where you're praying spraying, where you're just like you you fire it, but the kick is enough, and they duck like all these minor factors. So I don't want you to feel like you're like I activate my auto fire. That's like pew. Because, uh, I mean, I've played <laughs> enough online shooters to know that trying to fire a, any kind of SMG once, not fun. Not a fun visual or sound effect. Um, so, yeah. So, you you just, like, um, sort of pull it out and just full trigger depress, uh, just sort of spram with uh, with hits, um, kind of straight to center mass. Uh, unfortunately, you can uh, hear um, a bunch of the bullets ting off of um, some kind of ballistic vest. Yeah, of course. Um, but I mean, he's still definitely like you can see you, you you've you've wounded him, um, but uh, not uh, it's, it's certainly not fatal. Um, which, More emotionally uh, than physically. Yeah, it feels real betrayed by the person he's been openly threatening and uh, inti- like trying to intimidate. Um, that said, he does a hundred percent recognize the error of his ways. Um, Good. And uh, so, as we make our way to his turn, uh, he just yells. Ah, fuck! <laughs> um, uh, yeah, bad fuck, bad fuck. Uh, and he uh, he's going to dodge behind his compatriots. It's the classic like mid boss guy getting behind um, the the toughs. He uh, so he's going to duck, uh, just sort of duck behind them uh, and open fire on you. Um, so with the one um, point of threat you had, I'm going to give him one boost dice. All right. Um, and then he is going to open fire. So that is... All right. Who gets shot and how much? The dice pool will tell us. Yeah, sorry, everybody. This is called 
I don't have the digital dice roller. <laughs> um, all right, so that is holy shit. Uh, five success. No. Um, uh, X is failure. Or X is, yeah, X is failure. failure. Great. Okay. So four success. Uh, three advantage. Um, oh man. So he's going to activate a critical. Oh man. It's almost like walking up to six people and calling them douchebags might not have been the smartest strategy. They decided to kill her just for talking. Yeah. It's kind of unavoidable. I take issue with the name calling (laughs) accusation. (laughs) I would like my objection preserved for the record. Uh, Duly noted. Preserved. Thank you. In audio format. Uh, All right. So I rolled a 97. Um, You're dead. You're just wiped (laughs) from this earth. Roll a new character. Uh, okay, I'm white so, from this life and the next. <laughs> Laura, you're basically you get to roll uh, a check, I think, to ah. avoid this. Um, oh, that's nice. I'd like to do that. Yeah, I think that's how this works. So, sorry, just give me one moment because this is the first time we've had one of these. Yeah, critical uh, yeah. injury on one of us is like, what's the injury, man? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, critical injury on the bad guy. Boom, he don't got a face no more. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was true on this particular fellow. It's not true on all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, I know because I got some weapons that do uh, that do vicious damage, which I looked up, which just means you add to the the severity of the roll. So, spoiler alert: adding to make the number higher makes it worse. So, ninety-seven <laughs> is muy bad. Yeah, it it is it is muy bad. Um, Okay, generated critical injury. Uh, <laughs> That's coming from Laura, not Lyric. Lyric would never say that. She you might know what? Maybe Justice. 97 is all of a sudden Lyric's a wimp. And it's just, <laughs> no, I don't want to. Yeah. You, you, I don't know what happened. My yeah. facade is crumbling. <laughs> Look on the bright side. No matter how this goes, I'm an inquisitor. Inquisitors can requisition anything. We can put a nice robot brain in there and just start you from zero. Or you'd make a beautiful servitor. Or Eugene could get a friend. Like Alto could have his own Eugene named Lyric that flies around. Oh, that and is helps him do jobs. incredibly sad. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Or if you've done screwed up crimes, I could turn you into an arcoflagellant. That sounds made up. No, that's a thing. Flagellant? Yeah, it's so a what punishment. Is- what is Arco? What does that mean? Oh, so here's the fun where I could just describe things that existed 40k while Tom looks up rules. Yeah, sorry guys. Arco flagellants is a punishment meted out usually by the Inquisition, occasionally by the Mechanicus, and occasionally by the Ecclesiarchy. The idea is that you are such a heinous criminal that you have no right to life, but you should be able to redeem yourself. So what they do is replace most of your limbs with weapons. For example, neural whips is a really popular one that are full of shocks. And then they replaced your bone structure with it. And they basically put what they call a pacification helm on, which makes you kind of not a thing. You kind of wander around as a shambling monster, except when they take it off, usually on a code word. And then they pump your body full of incredible like meth. And there's other drugs called like slot and spur that make you like a furious killing machine. And then it's literally just like, and... Uh, I'll borrow a catchphrase from the Night Lords because it's all I can think of right now. And you can just say, like, Dominus knocks, and the helmet comes off, and you're full of everything, and you just try to kill everything you can 
until they say a word again and the helm comes back on. You're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> and you basically are walked around as like a suicide weapon to do heroic things that you normally wouldn't with no personality. I that would sounds like the, not like that. That sounds like the ultimate role play experience. On the record. <laughs> Okay. I, I was, the interesting thing is you can actually buy one as a character. It's on the list of things you oh, can purchase. It's just God. expensive. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's like, hey, Laura, can you record these like 10 lines? All right. We'll just, uh, we'll just slot those in. Yeah. Can you give <laughs> us four grunts, eight screams. <laughs> no, no, no. Because no, I, I want to cut to you for your internal horror occasionally. <laughs> so you have to sit through every recording. <laughs> I wonder if the clouds look back at us and wonder what shape we are. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, so, um, bad news, uh, their lyric. Oh, um, I'm dead. He, uh, no, he, uh, he snaps okay. a, uh, a quick shot off and, um, uh, he, uh, hits you in, hmm. Yeah, let me. The wiener. That's what 97 is. It's the wiener. Yeah. And you that's... have to have one if you roll a 97. Uh, so, Laura, he hits you in the leg. Um, and, oh no, that's not good. Uh, it, there's there's a blinding uh, sort of uh, blast of pain as um, his uh, his we'll say probably yeah he's probably using munitions as well. So as the bullet kind of tears through the bone uh, and uh, your leg has become uh, crippled, which ah. means that uh, it is impaired until it, the injury is healed. You have to increase the difficulty check of uh, anything that requires that limb by one. Okay. So think of this less as you can no longer stand and uh, more so that you've lost all feeling in your leg. You can still drag it and you can still kind of prop yourself up, Um, but your movement speed is is heavily impaired and uh, running and dodging are kind of out of the question. Like artfully falling on point. And if you're able to, um, I'll also say for an injury like this, um, if you were able to find uh, a mobility device of some sort, whether that's a cane or anything else or a staff, something to lean on, uh, I would let you mitigate that for most things. Um, okay, cool. Because it's not like your leg has been blown off. It's just very, very badly injured. And unfortunately, you're not used to managing that. So you will need uh, yeah. some kind of mobility device to be kind of back up to full. Okay. Cool. Um, and... Uh, yeah, he, uh, like, you can see blood kind of oozing through his shirt. He's just like, uh, it's like the old proverb says, uh, <clears throat> and he coughs up some blood. He's like, a leg for a lung. He doesn't read much. Um, brings oh. us to his goons. Uh, so he's now hiding behind them, which they don't love. Um, they are, uh, one of them just got vaporized. So it's only one guy. He's hiding behind exactly one guy. That's depressing. <laughs> Um, no, sorry. There were, there were three of, three of them. I fucked up my chart. Uh, so there are two of them left. Um, and, uh, he's like, well, what happened to pipes? And they're like, it's, it, it, it's the the ghost. There's a ghost in the tunnels. He's like, well, fucking shoot the ghost then. Uh, so they're going to shoot at you. Um, Alto, they're going to attempt to hit you. They don't really know where you are. Um, and they also only have pistols. So this is very much a classic, like, um, uh, you know, common mooks trying to shoot Batman kind of thing, where it's just like it's like the opening credits. It's just two guys firing pistols. Where are you? Yeah, yeah, very much. So, um, their odds are not good. Uh, this is a four purple. I was gonna say, Tyler, you add challenge dice to be perceived, don't you? Um, using my silencer, yes, yeah. I was gonna say with the uh, night cloak. 
the night cloak actually is for stealth checks. So I uh, got it. When I am being sought out, when I'm not like actively rolling for stealth, it doesn't seem to confer any benefit. Cool. But I'm also at long range. And if they're using pistols, I doubt I doubt they're gonna be very effective. Fuck, you I are, hope they're not effective. <laughs> you are likely correct. Um, okay, so there are three people they get. All right. And set back for it being dark. Oh, boy. So this is five purple, two yellow, and one black. All right, so I got a triumph and a success. Come on. Uh, and then I got four failures, so that will wipe that out, uh, plus an additional failure. And then um, three threat. So not Great for the goon. Got really <laughs> worried there when you just started with one triumph and a success. I thought you had already like summarized yeah. everything. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, no, I will repeat uh, without the, the benefit <laughs> of an AI doing it for me. Old Tommy has to math, but math with symbols. Not great. So okay. yes, are like work, work smarter, not harder. Yeah, my hieroglyphic <laughs> dice uh, have come back. Uh, yeah, Tom, to- you're only GMing like eight shows, you know? <laughs> Sorry, I'll try harder. <laughs> oh, don't, don't try harder. That's what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Me try smarter? <laughs> yes. yes. Good. He's getting it. All right. <laughs> Dear Diary, it finally <laughs> happened. Um... All right. Well, if we're done ribbing the D- GM, I'll get back to creating an imaginary universe for you idiots to fuck up. Um, so uh, with the amount of um, uh, threat accrued, uh, I'm going to say that Valentine, because uh, you're up next, um, if you choose to target this group, um, you'll have some bonuses because of like the uh, the muzzle flashes. They're like, A, you've got night vision anyway, but B, they're clearly kind of um, spraying and distracted. They, they There's no dodging to be done, uh, and it gives you time to accurately line up a shot. Um, so we'll leave that to you. Uh, Valentine, uh, you see these goons open fire at kind of roughly where Alto is, but they are, they're clearly not tracking shots. Cool. Um, right now you said we're lit by a welding torch? So basically the way I want you to think of this room is at the far end, um, the, the tunnel continues to kind of curve off, but at the, uh, it's almost like, um, a Y junction. So part of it just comes to a stop, which is where this giant vault door is that leads to the astral line service shaft. Um, the tunnel continues on. They are currently welding, uh, using a welding torch to burn through that door. Um, so the, the big boss and then two people are up at the, the door um, so the welding torch is casting a bit of light kind of roughly where Lyric is, but it's pretty far away from where you guys are. So casting dim light around the torch enough that you can see the two groups. However, the muzzle flares uh, from these two goons firing, like quick firing, give you pretty good line of sight on them. Hi, friends. It's Ryan here, your resident producer with Dum Dums and Dice, and I also voice characters that you've heard and I GM season two and I am here to invite you to help support us producing this show and all of our other shows through our Patreon for Dum Dums and Dice. You can go to patreon.com slash dice and support us today and it makes a world of difference. Plus, if you join, you get exciting things. We have a fan exclusive discord. We do weekly tableside video chats. You get advanced access to episodes 
episodes and the videos before the rest of the public do. You can submit names for places, people, and things that pop up in the shows. You can create your own NPCs that interact with our parties on an ongoing basis. You can get special thank yous. Heck, if you if you want, we can even do one-shot adventures with you or start up a series with you. Just patreon.com slash dice. Please support us today. It will save us from a grim, dark future so we can keep making a show for you in a grim, dark future. All right. Well, I can't turn down a good opportunity. I mean, it's it's part of my job as an inquisitor. So I think I, I imagine I've already aimed because I would have been aiming, and yep. then it's I'll, I'll take the uh, I'll take the shots at our our terrible dumb friends skylining themselves. So would you like to target Ratface or the goons? Um, I'll say you have equal. You'll have disadvantage on Ratface because he's in cover, human cover. Um, but he is also lit by the I, I think, no, I'd rather just kill somebody who's uninjured. I'll trust Lyric. Lyric's still standing, and I'm impressed by that. So I think it's taking out people who are fresh, because then we can kind of work our way down. Sure. Also, bolt weapons tend to be good to take people out of the game from the beginning, as opposed to finish off the injured. That's fair. So what do I need for my pool, Tom, from your end? Because I know what I've yeah, got Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you were... What what kind of weapon are you using? Uh, bolt pistol. Bolt pistol. Okay, so you're at far range, so it's four purple. Um, you're aiming, so that gives you one blue. Uh, it's dim dim light, but you've got bionic eyes, so it doesn't really matter. So that cancels out. Um, from the three f- threat accrued by the goons, um, I will give you two boost. Okay. Um, and. I'm going to spend a story point to upgrade one of those purples to a red, please. Cool. And I will spend a story point from our side to give myself a third yellow. Cool. Ooh. And the end result is three successes, one triumph. Damn, son. Excellent. Awesome. Um, so that's three successes, one triumph. What's the damage on your pistol? Uh, the pistol damage is 10. Oh my god, those bolters are nasty. With oh. crit 2. But also, you... it pierces to soak. Fair enough. Um, so you don't need... Um, you can spend a triumph to activate crit uh, if you want. Um, so, Jesus. Here's the question, Tom. If we want to look at a triumph, is it possible that the explosive rounds actually shred the first guy and hit Ratface as well? Uh, sure, we could do it that way. I was just going to take it all out on the goons. <laughs> oh, perfect. Let's do that then. That's perfect. Yep. I would love to just take it out on yep. There's um There's a rule uh, about minions in Genesis that's really fun, which is that... Oh, yeah, uh, you said they get, they're get they treated as a pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it's it's dope, like dope, mob, dope. mob mentality. So, um, all right. So, you do 10 base, plus you had... Three successes and a triumph? Yes. Damn. So total of 14 and you ignore two. Good God. Um, Yeah, all right. You you see the two guys kind of skyline. They're they're lighting themselves up. Um, And uh, yeah, you just take aim on one of them, uh, open fire. um, And as you you strike him, um, he... uh, 
the blast kind of um, blows out a chunk of his shoulder and his uh, his arm loses all muscle control and sprays the guy next to him with fire, um, dropping him as well. Uh, and Ratface just goes, oh, fucking sure. Now you can hit him. Um, then just boots boots the corpses out of the way. And um, I guess he turns to run, but his actual boss is behind him. So there's nowhere for him to go. So I, instead he does that like I'm bad at aiming thing where he just closes both hands around his gun. And is doing like a full on like Fargo, uh, like Francis McDermott Fargo wide stance, like um, pointing at at uh, lyric. Um, Tom, for an incidental, could I activate Eugene and yell Inquisition? Knees on the ground, hands in the air. Hmm. Yeah, I'll allow that. Um. Yeah. Okay. So um, you yell that, and uh, you see uh, the the seven foot tall guy. Uh, we'll call him Tallman. Uh, Tallman turns uh, turns around. Tallman um, Grundy. Tallman Grundy. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Uh, Tallman Grundy turns around, and uh, he just goes, "Well, I'll be the emperor's favorite nephew, Inquisition." Should have said that to begin with. And then he just like raises um, his gun and blows Ratface's head off. Um, and uh, then he drops the gun and kind of gets down to his knees. The um, the lady who's welding kind of like looks over her shoulder and he kind of like looks at her, looks back at you, shrugs, and then just gestures to like put the welding torch down. So she does and then she gets down on her knees. But yeah, the, uh, the remaining um, folks kind of get down and... Hands in the air. There's a lot of muttering of like, hey, yeah, sorry, those guys go off the handle all the time. Like, we're not even with those guys. I don't even know who that guy is. Um, but uh, yes, they they seem uh, legitimately quite concerned uh, about the Inquisition being there. Um, so I'm going to drop a set of initiative order. Now, Lyric, just because they've surrendered doesn't mean you have to accept that surrender. So I'll leave it up to you whether you want to do anything. Um. Is there still one of those assholes close to me? Um, the the is group it, that was closest to you is all dead now. They're all dead. But there is another group that was also closing in. The, there are three of them. They're now pointing at those guys being like, doing a lot of like very broad, like, oh, oh, what a bunch of assholes. We don't even know them kind of stuff. They all sound vaguely like John Mulaney. I'm not sure why. <laughs> um, I, I'm just... I think I just want to say with them, I'm like, all right. I'm like, all right, give me your longest gun. Um, oh, they're all on the ground, so why don't you take them? Uh, and I'll just approach out of the out of the darkness. I'll activate the refractor field. I feel like this is a moment rife for me getting shot somehow. Sure. Uh, and then I think it's just like kicking the, the weapons away and kind of like them and just saying, all right, so Alto Lyric, please take whatever you please. These seem like a nice bonus for you. Uh, how many people are on their knees here, Tom? Um, there are six now. So there's three. Um, there's uh, Tallman Grundy, um, the welder, uh, who is just like, uh, she's got the one big fucking scary arm. Uh, and then there's um, another, like, basically there's like a, a skinny youngish guy who's like holding the welding pack and like turning the crank on it because 40K technology is insane. Um, <laughs> so there's kind of like, uh, basically for lack of a better term, like the HQ crew. And then there's like another set of minions. 
who were holding like one of them had like a, a machete and then two of them had sort of the same low grade weapons that the uh, the other crew had. I just want to find something long enough to act as like a crutch for myself. So I don't have to use my own guns for that. Uh, incidentally, the, um, <laughs> none of them have uh, long-barreled weapons, but you did pick up that um, handy... Uh, I did. Laz-Lock. Laz-Lock, yeah. Laz-Lock. So um, that'll, that'll do. All right. Um, also, That's it's what I'm using. Incredibly badass that you found like a, a, a vintage high-powered rifle and you're like, good enough for a cane. Yep. Um, yeah. So we'll <laughs> say that for uh, non-combat actions, this will reduce your uh, your injury because it it like as anyone with a cane does, it gives you the uh, the mobility you need. Cool. Great. And then I'm just like, <laughs> I just say, "Homie, you stupid fucks," and um, and I'm like, Valentine, like we got a place for your inquisitor thing. Yes, yes. So I'm is. interested to know, because it seems like we know a little bit about the astral line. Excuse me, you seem like you're in charge here. So what do you know about the astral line? And what should I know about the astral line? And I don't like making threats. It's never been something I feel like it creates a lot of negative emotions and it ends friendships. So really, I just try to make things clear right up front with these relationships. So no cost, no foul. Uh, and I just pull the trigger and shoot a guy in the head next to him. And I'm like, so that's the consequence. We don't need to go any darker into this. So what do my, I need to know? My face lights up at this. <laughs> yeah, and Tallman kind of looks, not in horror, but in like vague frustration. He's like, that was our heavy pack boy. That's uh, oh, all right. No, you know what? It, you know what? That was our map boy. <laughs> yeah, but he carries the heavy pack. Uh, my lord, uh, clearly you speak with the emperor's voice, and if you think Sheila should carry her own pack, Jules like, hey! <laughs> and Sheila, by the will of the emperor, will carry her own pack. Um, the, uh, the astral line, yeah, uh, back in the day, we, uh, uh, how to put this, um, we had a, a, a historian for dinner. Uh, you see, we had, uh, yeah, we had a nice chat as we were prepping the meal, you know, you understand? And, uh, he was telling us all about this thing. Uh, apparently they, they wanted to build these, uh, <laughs> these glory domes all over the fucking place. Uh, oh, sorry. You may not be familiar with that term. It's, uh, it's often used for derision, but it can also be used for sexual intercourse or just a general yell of excitement. Um, it's a, it's a local hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Oh my God. Hurry up. <laughs> yeah. All right. So all that going to say, uh, the astral lines, and it seems to be an interconnected series of, uh, of ships. Uh, this one will uh, take you to another one of the, uh, the, the Galen colonies. Don't know how many there are. Don't know how to get to the other ones, but it's the only way off this rock that we know. Interesting. All right, friend. So I believe I have a purpose for you. And I'd say Eugene, uh, and he'll just like fly over, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and Tom, this is total bullshit, but sometimes you let me get away with fun bullshit. Uh, I would just like it to be that Eugene can, like, spool out a little bit of, like, scroll so I can just, like, slice the paper off. Uh, and basically, I want to write orders to the PDF command mm -hmm. that just say, uh, like, first priority is shooting down anything trying to fly out of the hive. Mm -hmm. Second priority is, you know, holding chaos back. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I want to seal it with my inquisitorial seal and say, all right, you all seem like capable friends. So what I would like to do is I will send you to the PDF command to deliver an, an order on my behalf. 
Now, if you do so, obviously you're like, why do I go through a war zone? Well, the answer is you'll be pardoned of all your crimes and made aristocrats here within the hive at the end of the war. So then I write that on a second piece. And I'm like, so deliver one, uh, deliver the other, and enforce on my behalf. We'll give you back whatever of your weapons, alto and lyric, don't require, and you can all be heroes of the Imperium. How does that sound? Oh, uh, my lord, that, that sounds excellent. Uh, I, I must ask, though, um, are, uh, are aristocrats allowed to have, shall we say, uh, the refined palate that a gentleman such as myself, an eater of human flesh, if you will, uh... Would I be able to continue to indulge in my particular tastes? Uh, people think we do it because we're a tough gang, but honestly, we just really like the taste. Well, to be honest, in public, no. Oh. But the wonderful thing about being an aristocrat is you can do a great deal of things in private that other oh. people then can't talk about. So, yes. Sheila, pick up Steve's pack. You're carrying it now. Come on. Let's go be aristocrats. Um, and he holds out his hands like as like as though he's like offering up supplication, but he's just kind of waiting for the scroll. Great. I put the, the order scroll in one hand and the pardon in the other. And I say, rise, hero of the Imperium. Save this hive and become the aristocrat you were born to be. Thus begins the house of Tallman. Come, my fellow friends. Let us go crack some leech skulls and deliver some good news. We're all going to be aristocrats. Uh, and then they all get on their bikes, and um, one of them's like, "Oh, I don't know, boss. This this seems mighty dangerous." And Tallman just like glowers at him. Uh, do you do anything? I wait to see how Tallman reacts. <laughs> uh, I watch very openly. <laughs> yeah, Tallman uh, just uh, shakes his head, and he's like. Scared Petey, you could have been such an amazing aristocrat. Uh, and then he guns his engine and they just leave him behind. So he turns back to you and he's like, so um, do you guys need a map boy or something? So interesting fact, I began my career as a commissar. Does anyone know the purpose of a commissar? And I looked at Lyric. No. Well, it turns out. It's to make sure that there are no cowards left in the Imperium. And I just raise a gun without even looking at him, and I just shoot scared Petey in the head. Uh, and then I just go over and put my Inquisitorial thing into the astral line. And I just, like, plug in. Great. Um, so I, I have a glowing, mysterious red light that I intended to be not red, but here we are. Um, Very so dramatic, you, I think. Thank you. There we go. Um, so you uh, plug your sigil in. And, of course, it's not an exact fit because none of these are – it's not like they, they come off a fucking assembly line. Um, but, uh, sure enough, um, the seal turns, uh, the sigil turns and you're able to kind of turn it and immediately a bunch of mechanisms within the door begin to shift. Um, and you kind of hear like the heavy metal, like clanking of several, um, sort of like, uh, um, bolts basically pulling in. Um, and then the door creaks open and as it does, um, you're hit with a blast of fresh, if stale air. Um, it seems that no one has entered the, the astral line, uh, service channel in quite some time. And actually Lyric and, um, Alto, this is probably the cleanest air you've ever smelled. Um, it's, it's kind of like, uh, a little bit like if you've only ever drank kind of gross water and then you have filtered water for the first time, you're like, oh, that's what water tastes like when there isn't shit in it. Okay, mm. cool. Uh, coming from Mississauga where there's just like all sorts of fun garbage in the water. It's tasty, but 
but it is a taste. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, um, stepping through, um, I assume you're cl- uh, closing and sealing this door behind you. Yeah, I would say the first thing we'd do probably, Tom, is I'd look around for whoever pipe guy was, uh, and I'd like to just take the pipe and then wrap it in cloth from somebody's outfit and light a torch that I can then give to Alto sure. so that they can see in the dark as we wander around, and then close the door behind us when we go in. And then I'd turn to the other two and go, I know it seems a bit strange that I would give them the power of the aristocracy and a pardon. Here's an interesting fact. They are being pardoned for crimes committed in this hive. And they will be made aristocrats in this hive. And the Navy will be destroying this hive. So really it was sort of a them and me scenario where we can all gain things. I get a use out of their death and I get to make sure that no demons leave the hive. This is kind of a net gain scenario. Normally I wouldn't let you in on the inside of this little thing, but I don't want you to think I'm unreasonable. Uh, I was hoping this was your approach. In Inquisitor Valentine? Yes, Alto. Uh, is there like a like a commissar for inquisitors who like flee doomed planets? Well, like- that would be other inquisitors. But here's the interesting thing: <laughs> an inquisitor is so much more valuable than five cannibals hitting things with a welding torch. Because my understanding and my abilities are far beyond that, which is the same reason why I'm not shooting either of you for going with me, because I believe you have greater value than them. Can we save another planet in the future? Yes. Can we perhaps save the emperor himself? Unfortunately, yes, not having the most straightforward day in the fate of the Imperium. But (laughs) you will help me. All of us will show greater value in future and the whole numerical ecclesiastical equation will balance out. Alto thinks about how one Inquisitor opened a door that five cannibals couldn't. He's like, oh yeah, that math checks out. He is more important. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, yeah, I like it. All right. (laughs) Great. Um, So with that, um, you sealed the door and make your way into um, the astral line chamber. Uh, This is very much a... Um, I'm trying to think of the appropriate analogy for this, uh, and all I can think of is a Ontario theme park that doesn't exist anymore. But uh, in Ontario place here in Toronto, there used to be a bunch of like really, um, and I guess at Wonderland as well, basically think of any uh, simulator ride you've ever entered that was like generic, not movie themed. So just mm-hmm. a lot of like blue space walls with stars and like big sweeping, like that kind of weird late eighties. This is what the future airport will look like kind of thing. Um, so very, very tourist friendly, very, uh, over a little overdone. Um, but also oddly hopeful. Um, but in a vaguely disingenuine way, like hopeful the way a a raving capitalist would create hope because (laughs) grim dark. Okay. Um, I say from it's, literal dark. Uh, say it's uh, it's Disney World. <laughs> it's, Andrew it's, Ryan over here making the astral line. <laughs> yeah, honestly, there's, there's a lot of that in here, as okay. I'm sure you've noticed. Yeah. Um, so you make your way through, and there's like um, there's uh, you can tell it was mostly complete um, when it was uh, sealed. So there's like even um, sort of red velvet rope that's been set up, um, huh. kind of a a, a waiting line. Um, but you can see part of the decal on the wall is peeled. Um, there's scaffolding up. It wasn't quite ready. Um, you make your way uh, kind of up. There's kind of two um, 
uh, sort of stairs that arc upward um, in sort of a, a curved line. Uh, and honestly, after kind of treading through the the detrius of, of society, um, it's it's refreshing to just kind of be in this weird sterile space. Um, and all three of you kind of mount these stairs and come to um, a large um, sort of gold outlined door. And um, Valentine, it has been a strange day, uh, no doubt, um, <laughs> for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. But um, also in terms of uh, the fate of the Imperium, uh, the fate of the Emperor himself, and the the vision that you, you've seen. Um, but if there's one thing Inquisitors are good at, it's looking for signs, whether that's signs of heresy, signs of the Xenos, signs of chaos. In this case, it's exactly the sign you wanted because it would seem that this particular shuttle on the astral line is called the Emperor's Hope. And as you step in, a slight smile creases the edge of your lips because you were a little worried that maybe, maybe all of this was insane. But now... Now just seems like the Emperor's will, no matter how much treason you have to do to accomplish it. Uh, And with that, the three of you step in, hear the door seal behind you, and as the lights and sounds begin to turn on, all of you take the very first steps into the Valentine Heresy. This episode of the Valentine Heresy features Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Alto, Laura Hamstra at El Hamstring on Twitter as Lyric, and our game master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com. D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, a death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Anthony Griffin, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash Dumb Dumb Dice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Night has fallen, the moon is full, and we're inviting you to listen to Canada by Night, a podcast where professional improvisers play Vampire the Masquerade. Detective-turned-vampire Everett Fry accidentally becomes the sheriff of New Haven, an experimental town where they're testing if vampires and humans can coexist. 
stuck leading a ragtag group of officers, the Bruja bounty hunter Val, the Gangrel news reporter Evangeline, and the Tremere blood witch Doris. Can Everett keep the town running? Or will everyone end up liquidated by the Vampire Council of Canada? Trending on global fiction charts and produced by Dum Dums and Dice, whose podcast Dum Dums and Dragons ranked number two of all fiction podcasts in America. Listen now to find out why Canada by Night has been downloaded more than a half a million times. Canada by Night, its interview with the vampire, if it had all the characters from Parks and Rec in it.